Good morning, Mission Vineyard. My name is John Arelli. It's good to be with you this morning. We're in a series called The Lord's Prayer. We're digging into the Lord's Prayer. And as we do, we're seeking out God's wisdom, God's grace. If we were to abide, as we hope the disciples did when they asked Jesus, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? They saw Jesus do all kinds of stuff. And it wasn't the most peaceful time in the world. So when they saw Jesus do amazing things, they said, wait a second, this guy knows how to pray. Would you teach us how to pray? And so he did. And it's the prayer that we've heard over and over and over again. Today, we engage the line, forgive us our debts, or forgive us our trespasses, or forgive us our sins. You've heard it three times over, depending on the, the different tradition. Today, forgive us our debts. And you may be coming into the season with a lot of debts. You may not be happy with anything going on in the world, and so you're holding stuff against people. Maybe there's divisions in your family because of what's going on in the world. Today, my hope is that we're able to lay those down under the cross of Jesus. And you get to be free. Raise your hand if you want freedom this morning. I want freedom this morning. I want freedom, and I want you to have freedom. And here's the freedom that I want you to have. I want you to have freedom to love. Now, that word love, depending on if you're a man or a woman, may hit you in a different way. Depending on if you like the word love or don't, may hit you in a different way. So if I say freedom to love, you may go, love what and who and how? Today, my hope is that love begins this place of being able to see people with God's love and see yourself with God's love. I want you to have that freedom this morning. So Facebook, I need your help. In the room, I need your help. You kids, you are the best answerers of all the questions. So I've got a question for you. When you forgive people, not your dog, not inanimate objects, when you forgive people, when you forgive your brother or sister, your mom and your dad, or when you forgive your kids, how does it feel when you forgive? It feels good. Like a weight gets released off of your chest, whether you're doing the forgiveness or you're receiving the forgiveness. What else? How, how, do you, how does it feel when you forgive? Yeah, go ahead. Happy. Oh, yeah. Sometimes that's great. What else? How does it feel when you forgive? relieved yeah I love that feeling when I forgive too any answers on Facebook anybody popping up on how does it feel when you forgive last one last call how's it feel freeing yeah peaceful release Michael said Brings joy to your heart. Yes, it does. You, you already looked through the sermon worksheet that I gave you this morning. That's great. Less stress, Less stress and tension. Yes. Sometimes it's difficult. For sure. Oh, sometimes we, feel, we forgive before we feel like forgiving, don't we? And we need to. Simplified? 
Thanks, Robin, online. That's great. Simplified. Yeah, life gets less complicated when we forgive, don't we? I want to engage a scripture today that's very, very difficult, but very, very freeing, just like forgiveness. Jesus engages us in Matthew chapter 18, verse 23, with one of the most difficult stories, one of the most mic drop moments of Jesus's ministry. And if you don't feel the mic drop this morning, maybe you need to read it over again, because there's a mic drop that we are to feel when it comes to forgiving our debts as we are forgiven. So let's go to Matthew 18. Jesus said, and this is after Peter, if you know Peter, Peter's the one that's all gangbusters for Jesus and then screws up a lot. And he says, well, Jesus, how many times should I forgive? 70 times seven. And he's, he's relating back to a time in Genesis where there's curses going on and 70 times seven curses. And Jesus engages this story. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven. We pray on earth as it is in heaven, don't we? Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, it may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had for the payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me. I'll pay you everything. Can you imagine being in this moment? Raise your hand if you've ever been in debt before. And some of you have been in debt, I know, where a collector has come. Or somebody's called you. And that moment of, oh, I am in over my head. What do I do? Could you imagine this moment if the debt collector said, don't worry, I'm going to put you and your family in slavery until it's paid off. No worries. Well, the difference is, as Jesus tells us this story, he's telling us the story of a king, the king of heaven. And friends, the king of heaven wants to settle accounts, but he wants to free us from slavery as he does it. The king of heaven wants to settle accounts, but he wants to give us freedom to love as he does it. So, verse 27, out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him, and he forgave the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I'll pay you. He refused and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Well, that's not very nice, is it? This servant who was in debt is completely freed. And then he remembers in his anxiety, probably, right? Raise your hand if you ever feel anxiety around debt. Yes. In his anxiety, what did he do? Who owes me money? Who owes me money? What can I sell? Who owes me money? What can I do? And he remembered, there's a guy, and I can squeeze him. And he goes, and he squeezes him, and he pleads the same case that the guy just pleaded to the king, to his master. And guess what happens? Although he had received mercy, does he give mercy to his debtee? 
The one that's indebted to him? No. He squeezes him, puts him in jail until he pays the debt. I know that there aren't many of you that probably hold debts with anybody else. Maybe you've given a loan to a family member or something like that, and it always creates this tension, doesn't it? The other debts that we carry with one another is aggression. I may not like you very much. Anybody not like anybody very much these days? People annoy you? Anybody annoy you? No? You all are so peaceful. That's great. You husbands and wives, you're pointing at each other. We'll get to that. As followers of Jesus, it's very difficult, but our aim is to confront. But when we confront, the aim is not to squeeze until we put this person in prison. Could you imagine a marriage or a family relationship or a friendship, which all all you do is you go to the person that annoys you, and you just yell at them until they're on their knees, and you punish them, and you put them in slavery to them, and you hold something over their heads forever. Is that a freeing and loving relationship that you would like to be in? No. Followers of Jesus, when we confront people about the debts that we have with them, our aim is not slavery. Our aim is forgiveness. Have you ever gone on Facebook and you saw a post or you watched the news or Twitter and you went, oh, that person. No, just me. Have you ever had the opportunity to actually confront that person and want to just display your anger towards them or, or confront it and, re- and, and be able to reconcile it? Anybody ever done that before? Instead of like just posting up against one another and raising the anxiety level, you actually went to a person and you tried to reconcile? This is our aim. When we confront, our aim is forgiveness. And if we've refused to do that, this verse is about to show us that forgiveness and the life that comes from it and the love collapses in all of us. You see, every time we accuse somebody, what Jesus is saying actually is we accuse ourselves. And it becomes a wreck. He continues, Matthew 18, this is the 31. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. They went and reported their master everything that was taking place. Then the master summoned him to him and said, You wicked servant, I forgave all that you had in debt because you pleaded with me. And should I not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? Should you not have had mercy on him? And in in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. So what happens? He gets caught, right? He was a jerk to the one who owed him money. And the the king finds out and he says, Nuh-uh, you're going to jail. The mercy I had on you because you didn't give it to somebody else. I'm withholding my mercy from you. And the final verse, which is the mic drop of all of it. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Let that settle in for just a second. Who likes the mercy of God? Raise your hand. Who likes getting forgiven of your sins? Raise your hand. Who's ready to forgive everybody from everything, even the most egregious things that anybody's ever done to you? Keep your hands. Oh, boy. 
And God says, unless you do that to them, I am withholding my forgiveness from you. This is the forgiveness of everything. This is the ground level. This is the very rescue mission of God from the beginning of ages when God says, don't worry, Adam, don't worry, Eve. I've got a plan and I'm gonna rescue you and my son will come and he will die on a cross and he will take the sin upon himself and you will be completely forgiven and I will eat with you and I will give you my grace and I will settle all accounts and don't you worry, I'm coming for you. I'm gonna rescue you. And those on earth, instead of receiving that fully, instead of extending that freely, we withhold our mercy from other people. And God says, wait just a minute. My rescue is for you. And my rescue is for them too. Don't you dare withhold my rescue, my mercy, my grace from them. Forgive unless you want your own forgiveness withheld. But this ain't as easy as it looks, does it? Not very easy. I had a conversation with my, a friend of mine. Her name is Josefina, and she's been engaging this season in some very sweet ways because this season of COVID does not make it easy to forgive. Add that into that racial confrontations, add into that political division, and all of a sudden, our stomachs and minds and hearts and nerves and everything are a wreck, aren't they? Well, you're not alone. Can we play this interview with Josefina? Recording now. Josefina, it's so good to be with you. Thank you so much for taking this time. Uh, John. Good morning. uh, You have been navigating this pandemic in a really sweet way, looking at some different ways of um, leaning into Jesus. And I wanted to make sure that we took some time to share that with the church, because I think it's so, so good. Because uh, I don't think that you're alone. Uh, people are struggling in not having enough space to be on their own, not getting to see people, not having normal rhythms to unwind. Uh, there's, I was talking with a friend of mine this morning, he said that every pastor he's talking to is having sleep difficulty, that their, their sleep rhythms are just off, and that's, that there's like a, a whole syndrome of COVID sleep that's going on, some of it having to do with stress, some of it having to do with just rhythms being off. Uh, and you've not been immune from that, right? Not necessarily the sleep, but just ha- having some different struggles. Well, this. I mean, I, I relate to that the sleep too. Absolutely not. It's been a very stressful season. I just... For different reasons, um, but definitely relationally, it's been hard because as in someone who usually enjoys a lot of quiet time, I don't really get that as much anymore. So I just feel like my capacity to, to connect with people is a lot lower recently than yeah. I would like it to be. So yeah. well, you recognized it and you put words on it. And you started looking into ways that would increase your capacity. Uh, we were talking about how you, you started just texting people in your small group, pray for me, uh, slowing down and accepting just, um, you know, what is important? What can I do? What can't I do? It's um, taking places of gratitude. What's really helped in the season? 
Well, a few things have helped. Um, just recognizing when I'm feeling that anxiety or when I'm feeling like at my limit, um, noticing in my body how it feels. Like usually I feel like very ramped up or um, like about to explode. It feels kind of like a volcano about to erupt. Um, and so when I'm able to notice those things or notice those feelings, just taking some time to breathe and slow down. Um, even just telling my son, you know, like I'm, this is like too much for me right now. I just yeah. I need a little break. Give me a, a few minutes and we can come back together. Um, and when I feel, sometimes when I've gone over the edge, you know, and I have said something I shouldn't have, you know, to go and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And just, there's been so many times to practice saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> and yeah. it, that's been good because that models also for my son, you know, that we can make mistakes. We all make mistakes and we can fix those, especially in our relationships. It's important to, to fix those things. Yeah, we realize we're put to our ends and we need mercy. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it, I think one of these things, one of the things the pandemic has really revealed is just how much we all need mercy and to give ourselves mercy. I, I love the word you used that you shalom your body, that this is, mm -hmm. there, you're welcoming the very peace of God, the very presence of the kingdom to rule and reign in your body. But I think part of that is accepting his mercy and accepting forgiveness and being, go, being able to go to those places of saying, I'm sorry, son, husband, whatever, uh, yes. you know, mm -hmm. for, it's been the same here in my house. So as you do that, I'm curious, what have been some of the wins that you've been able to celebrate? It's not like this pandemic has gone and evaporated. It's not like mm -hmm. the struggle isn't real. It's not like our lives haven't changed really. Mm -hmm. Um, cause this has all affected us for the long haul. I think what have been some wins for you as you've gone to Jesus and, and just took taking those steps of shalom and mercy. Well, one, one win is definitely that, that I've learned that, you know, those hardships in our relationships, we can use those to get closer to the person instead mm -hmm. of thinking, you know, we had this, this hard time, we're going to like just divide or, um, yeah. we can't, we can't overcome it, but actually using it as a, as a way to be closer, um, so that's really different because I didn't really have the model of that before when I was growing up. Um, so I, I feel like that's a good win just to have that like mindset, like, okay, even though this is hard, we're going to, we're going to overcome this and we're going to be closer. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, like what I was saying, like being able to offer for, um, to ask for forgiveness, apologize, and also learning to receive apologies <laughs> sometimes i don't want to receive the apology i'm just like Ur. yeah like, it's easy to want to stay bitter or angry yeah. or frustrated yeah uh, mm. learning to just i think like what you were saying accepting that people have faults i have faults and we're all growing um and that i think that's good that's it's a, a better way to, to relate to people than trying to keep them at a high standard or even keeping a really high standard for ourselves. That it's just, we can't. Yeah, unreachable standard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The other I know thing, this is. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. 
Oh, I just um, wanted to say too, what I've found helpful is asking Jesus. So having, I've had more time to kind of just ask him, you know, like, how do you see this person? Mm. What can I be grateful for in this person? Um, so he's kind of helped me to see those things that when you, I'm upset with that person, I don't see those things. I just, yeah. you know, I see the negative. I hone in on the negative, but allowing him to show me how he, how he really sees them really helps me to be grateful for them and to extend that grace. For me, those moments also allow for God's grace to pour over me. So the, I know you were speaking to this too at some point where God speaks to you. He tells you he loves you, tells you he's proud of you. There's mm -hmm. places in journaling as, as we're able to see God's grace in other people, then we're able to accept God's grace on us instead of living and feeling like I'm not enough, I'm not enough, I'm not enough for this season because mm -hmm. nobody feels like they're enough for this season. Mm -hmm. uh, forgiving other people, seeing God's grace in them, seeing how God sees them then opens the door for me to see God's view of me too. Mm -hmm. uh, I know this has been a daily practice for you. I know this is not a one-stop shop. Mm -hmm. You know, you just, all you got to do is pray once during the pandemic and yeah. everything will be yeah. all better. Every day, multiple times a day. Yes. So I really appreciate the way you, you know, just your vulnerability and willingness to to walk through this daily and, and, and share with others how you've been doing it. So thanks, Josefina. Thanks for sharing today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Say hi to everybody. Love you. <laughs> As we carry our own debts in this season, we recognize that we feel so bad and we don't know what to do with it. We feel the weight of the burden of the debt that we carry for our own misbehavior. And because this world is ready to stomp on us if we ever slip up, either with a post or with a gotcha, we generally expect that if we do something wrong, then somebody's going to attack us. They're going to get us. They're going to use it against us. We live expecting, and here now you can fill in that worksheet that's in front of you. We live expecting punishment. It's such a burden. And what happens with Adam and Eve from the garden, it's a, a constant expectation that the worst is going to happen to me because I screwed up. We live expecting punishment. Even though Jesus is offering a new covenant, we live in, in the worst. Let me say, what Jesus is trying to do with forgiveness, forgiveness clears all debts. If you've done something wrong or thought something wrong or behaved in a certain way, maybe you don't even know that it's taken the wrong way, but you're living in it. You wake up with it. Anybody wake up with thinking, oh, I did the wrong thing. I said the wrong thing. Forgiveness clears all debts. And one of you spoke to this. Well, it's really hard because I don't want to let go of control of the consequences of what happens when I forgive. I still want to hold the con. I want to make sure that person's punished right. Forgiveness does not clear the consequences, does it? God has mercy on us through it. It clears the debt, but it doesn't clear the consequence. And we have to go and clean up our messes. We have to go and ask for pity. Anybody like that word? I don't like that word at all, pity. It feels gross. Who wants to be pitied? Pity makes us wince, doesn't it? 
I don't want to go before you and ask for pity. I don't want you to pity me. I'm strong. I don't need your pity. But it's because of the cross, because of the cross, we get to share the same mercy and pity created for those who are enemies of God. So look at your neighbor and say, I pity you. I pity you. I pity you in the same way that God pities me. I pity you in the same way that God pities me. Isn't that hard? But the truth is that none of us have gotten away with it from the beginning, from Adam and Eve. We deserve punishment. But God offers pity and mercy to all of us the same through the cross. One of my favorite authors, Dallas Willard in The Divine Conspiracy, he says, but it is only pity or mercy that makes life possible. There is no other religion, friends. There is no other faith paradigm, not atheism, not Hinduism, not Buddhism, not Judaism, not Islam, that allows for the freedom of God's mercy and pity to be released on humanity freely. And that's why the only way that pity and mercy get to be exchanged between human beings is by the example and the power of Jesus Christ on the cross. Think about that. In all of the universe, the only way that forgiveness happens is through the cross. And I need it. So Facebook, one last question for you. When you make a mess, what happens in your relationships, in your friendships, in your pasta making? When you make a mess, what do you have to do? What's one of the first things that you want to do when you make a mess? Let's be honest. Clean it up. Some of you want to clean it up. Sometimes we want to run away, don't we? I want to hide under my covers. What else? What happens when you make a mess? You feel dirty. Oh my gosh, it's right. Oh. Sometimes I thank God for my small groups. You know how many times I've made a mess in my small group and I say something stupid and someone goes, yeah, uh, we need to clean up that mess. And they offer me pity and mercy and forgiveness. And all of a sudden the relationship gets deeper, doesn't it? Anything else? What happens when you make a mess? Yeah. And you get to clean. Sometimes we clean it up for somebody else too. Sometimes we don't mind our own messes. Anybody who leaves clothes on the floor like I do. Sometimes we clean it up for somebody else, don't we? Well, we must forgive to experience forgiveness. Receiving God's mercy takes forgiveness. We must receive forgiveness to experience forgiveness. Even though we experience a loss when we do it because we lose power over that person thinking, no, I want to control you. I want to make sure you get the punishment from my voice. You get the punishment from na 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 I know better. Forgiveness, we recognize that loss and that pain. Anybody go to forgive somebody and you feel that pain and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. 
The next time you feel that pain, I want you to recognize something. The same pain happened at the cross. The same pain happens every time the kingdom of God clashes with the kingdom of Satan. We feel that power struggle happen. But what happens out of that power struggle when the power of God comes is not just victory, but a power encounter that changes existence. When we abide in this forgiveness, when we enjoy and engage this power encounter, we abide in the very kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus wanted for his disciples as he taught them this prayer. As they repeated over and over again, forgive me my debts as we forgive our debtors. What he wanted for them to happen is that power encounter that takes over, that cleans up the mess, that makes a new way where the other person gets to experience that forgiveness as well. A verse came to me as I was thinking about this, and it's three words I want to leave you with today. When we experience that kingdom through forgiveness, the first thing that we get is righteousness, being in right standing with God. Like I said before, when we withhold forgiveness, we withhold the kingdom. When we give away forgiveness, we receive the kingdom. And part of that is right standing with God, God's righteousness. The next is peace. The kingdom of God is peace. It's not retribution. It's not bitterness. It's being in God's right standing and making things right with one another. We get that peace. And the kingdom of God is joy. Instead of those aches, instead of those messes, when we take a risk and forgive, we enter into the very nature of who God is, his rescue mission for other people. We get to receive that rescue and give it away. And in that, we get righteousness and peace and joy, and in that joy, it's a freedom to love. I know there are some people in your life that you don't want to love right now because they've done some bad things to you. I know that there have been some things that have made you angry over the season, and it's very difficult to release them. I know that you haven't even known how to release that burden to God and receive forgiveness. But I know you so desperately want freedom. And so today I want to make space for that. You who are online, I want you to prepare. You who are here, I want you to prepare to receive freedom because God and his rescue mission are on the move to give you freedom. The command that Paul gives to the church in Ephesus is this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. We're going to enter into that right now. So would you bow your heads with me, please? And this is going to be very difficult, but this is the safe place where the Holy Spirit is. All those places where you know people have hurt you, and you haven't known how to forgive them for the little things that have annoyed you, for those places of just struggle where you have felt the ache, but you haven't known how to get to the breakthrough. Just in your, in your heart between you and Jesus, begin to just put those people before God. Put those situations before God. God, these people anger me. I don't know how to forgive them. God, I don't even know what it is but I'm angry and I'm bitter. 
God, I've even begun to hate them. I don't know how to let them go. And just now, as you continue to see their faces, their names, we ask for the presence of God to wash over. And would you just say to God, God, I don't know how, but I want us to be set free. Would you help me forgive them? Would you help me enter into the rescue mission you have for them? is not going to change the consequences. Whatever consequences are there need to be worked out. But would you pray with me? Would you take a risk as these names and faces are in front of you in your mind's eye? Would you say, in the name of Jesus, I forgive you. Lord Jesus, I now welcome your rescue mission. Forgive me my debts as I forgive those who have debts against me. I just want to wait for a moment. Let the Lord continue to minister there. Come, Holy Spirit. For some of you, I just announced the wave of God's mercy, God's pity, God's rescue mission, his love, his joy, his peace, and his right standing towards you to flow upon you. And would you with me say, Lord Jesus, I receive your mercy. I receive your kingdom. I receive your freedom. 